Welcome to episode 77 of the Unstoppable Podcast. This is the Monday Solo Round. My name is Dan J. Gregory, and I am committed to hunting down the secrets of business mastery and human performance. My goal for the Unstoppable Podcast is to share insights from some of the most successful entrepreneurs, inspiring thought leaders, world-class athletes, and prominent celebrities to help you to become unstoppable in business and life. Each week, I'll be bringing you a new interview with an inspiring person and sharing my own results as I pursue the answers to the question, how can I create the ultimate edge in my business, make a significant impact, and live an extraordinary life? Hello, and welcome to episode 77 of the Unstoppable Podcast. It's the first of the month, and I've deliberately delayed the release of this episode to coincide with the start of my November 30-day financial sprint. And this episode is all about creating financial transformation. Before I tell you more about what I have in store for you today within this episode, let's recap what's been happening on the show over the past seven days. This month is all about money mindset, and last week I brought you the second episode within the special money mindset series with special guest Kate Northrup, where we talked about how to overcome a negative money story, how to develop financial freedom by developing self-love, and how to implement simple money practices to improve your relationship with money. Then in last week's Monday Solar Round, I talked about starting over and hitting the reset buttons. This was about acknowledging the mistakes and failings that I'd experienced in the past and how I plan to reinvent myself and my business based upon everything I've learned so far and where I want to go next. This is a real honest and deep episode. And in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing a five-step process, a five-step simple process for creating financial transformation. But let me give you a caveat at the front end of this episode. I've had some real ups and downs financially over the course of my life. Unfortunately, more downs than ups. And if you're new to the show, then you may not know about my story of debt that I shared in episode 61 entitled Money Shame, because I've carried the weight of debt for years by myself, and I know how heavy that is. It's hard to engage with others, even the people closest to you when it comes to the emotional side of debt and money, but I want to tell you that you do not have to struggle alone. I'm putting all of this stuff out on money because of the amazing response that I received to that episode about my own relationship with money and specifically debt and the challenges that I faced around that. And my business has been making progress, but I still carry the debts that were created from previous bad decisions that I made up the line. So I've made the pledge not only to eliminate my debts, but to transform my financial future and to begin to accumulate real wealth. If this sounds exactly like what you want too, then you are in the right place and you're going to love this episode. And I want you to know that I'm coming to you in this episode, not as some kind of financial guru. I'm certainly not an expert in that area, but I'm being real and authentic and I'm sharing my own journey in figuring out this game. And in preparation for this episode, I did a lot of research into how the financially wealthy think and how they operate differently, how super successful entrepreneurs operate differently, how they you know, what their mindset is when it comes to money. And what I discovered is that the most complex problems have the most simple solutions. And this in itself is a clue to winning the money game. In this episode, I'm going to share five simple steps that I discovered in studying the habits of the super rich that will enable you and I to create real financial transformation. And I'm excited to get into this episode and apply the steps to really create an impact in my own life and see the impact in yours as well. So are you ready to financially thrive? 
Let's get into it and stay tuned right to the end to find out about the 30-day financial sprint, which is designed to help facilitate positive financial change over the month of November. So get thinking about your financial targets for this month as you tune into this episode. Let's do this. Step one, developing an abundance mindset and moving away from scarcity. The reality is there is more than enough money out there for everyone to live their dreams. So get rid of poverty thinking. There's no shortage of money on the planet, only a shortage of people who think correctly about it. Given that all wealth begins in the form of an idea and that great ideas are all around us every single day, this means the potential for wealth is infinite and it's possible for all of us if we make the decision to accumulate it. So give yourself permission to have the desire for wealth. To thrive financially, you must end the poverty thinking. I talked about this in depth in my episode on ending financial sabotage in episode 18, if you want to check that one out. That was a really in-depth look at the abundance mindset. And the first step is to shift from scarcity thinking to abundance thinking and decide what money really means to you. It could be security, the desire to protect yourself and your loved ones from the unknown. It could be peace of mind. When you have responsibilities to meet, having an abundance of financial resources removes all the stress. Knowing that you're prepared for any curveballs that life might throw at you will give you a sense of peace. And choice, financial resources provide you with greater options and the ultimate luxury in life, choice. How would you use your time if money was taken care of? And the most important one for me is freedom. And while money itself can't buy freedom, having enough money to go far beyond your basic needs like food or shelter gives you the freedom to choose what you want to do with your life and when you want to do it. If you want to plan a holiday, no problem. If you're tired of your boss or your job, you'll have the freedom to quit if your financials are covered. Want to launch a new business venture? You're going to have the financial resources to get started. To me, Freedom is about having the, the financial capacity to make decisions that are important to you. So if you're trying to build up your fortune so that you can create your life the way you want to, the abundance mindset will help you. If you're seeking riches so that you can purchase items simply to show off your abundance, then this really is still a sign of a scarcity mindset. You see, the wealthy view money as the freedom to do whatever they want to do. It's a passport to pursue their life's desires. And interestingly, in contrast, the lower and middle class equate money with status and tend to purchase items to make themselves appear to be more wealthy than they actually are. The wealthy don't waste their time with attempting to project an aura of riches. They simply are rich. So learn to expect riches. This is a key lesson. By training yourself to expect large amounts of money, it will become much easier for you to make the sort of moves that it takes to become wealthy. This is a a real habit of the super rich is that learning to expect riches, expecting to become wealthy means less fear and resistance when the time comes to make a major risk. You see, accumulating wealth does involve risk, but the scarcity mindset wishes for the lottery win, whereas the abundant mind expects riches and lives life in a way that enables you to create plans for the accumulation of wealth. So give yourself the permission to become wealthy right now. All right, that's the abundance mindset touched upon. Like I said, if you want to find out more, go back to episode 18. You'll find out much more on the abundance mindset there. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about it over the next few weeks. Let's get practical now. Step two, know where you want to go. Having the objective to acquire a specific amount of money is a major driver of people who become super rich. 
having a specific amount of money is the major driver. Grant Cardone has an affirmation that he repeats to himself every single day. He's the author of uh, the 10X Rule and a creator of many different programs when it comes to money. And he encounters to himself every single day, I am worth over $100 million. I am worth over $100 million. Jim Carrey famously wrote himself a check for $10 million for acting services rendered and kept it in his wallet for years and years. And he eventually got paid over $10 million for the film Dumb and Dumber. Now, thinking back to point one in the abundance mindset and defining the meaning of wealth to you, self-made multimillionaires are motivated not just by money itself, but by a need to contribute to the marketplace. Self-made multimillionaire entrepreneurs have a penchant for giving back and making a difference in the world. Money itself is not the end goal. Instead, it is what money brings to them, which is more important, and what money means to them, as we discussed in point one. Whether that, that means freedom for themselves or their family or the betterment of their communities, being able to provide for those in need or being able to find ways to enhance the quality of life for mankind, these extraordinary individuals make it clear that the accumulation of wealth is possible with the right outlook. And it starts with the end in mind. Set your intention. Think long term. This is about having a vision about what you want to create, a specific vision, a specific financial amount that you want to bring into your life. Have a clear singular purpose backed by the burning desire to achieve it. You know, Napoleon Hill talks about the burning desire in Think and Grow Rich, the famous book. And when it comes to money and knowing where you want to go, you need to understand the difference between wants and needs. What do you really need? I mean, think about that for a start. What do you really need in your life? And how much money do you need to create enough financial abundance for your needs? But then versus think about what you actually want. You know, when you look at what you actually want in your life, you can be much more precise about what it takes and how much it's going to take to, to bring those wants into your life. And what I like to think about when I'm thinking about my wants, there's really, I call it the circle of wants. It starts in the center with yourself. You know, what are, what are your needs and wants? What do you need to take care of the basics? And then what are the wants that you want in your life? And then you go on the outer circle, which is the next circle out, which is the inner circle, sorry. The inner circle, which is your loved ones, your family, the inner circle. How much money do you need to take care of that inner circle? And then stepping outside of the inner circle, moving into the community, and then the country, the next circle out, and then the continent, and then the cosmic, which is the world, and then the cosmos, which is the universe. You know, so how much do you really need is an interesting question because we often look at what the basics are that we perhaps need to take care of the essentials. But, you know, if our needs go beyond ourselves and into the inner circle of our loved ones and into our community and into our country, into the continent, into the cosmic of the world and the universe in terms of making a difference far beyond yourself, then perhaps you look at money in a very different way. And again, those with the real abundance mindset look way beyond themselves in terms of what their wants and needs are. They look to create way beyond that center circle. Often we stay in that center circle, but to create true abundance, true wealth, we have to step outside and look at those outer circles with our loved ones into the community, into the country. If you try and change the country, you'll change the community. If you try and change the continent, you'll make a difference in your country. If you try and change the world, you make a difference in the continent. If you try and change the universe, you make a difference in this world, seriously. You look at some of the major players on this earth who are really trying to make a dent on earth. People like Steve Jobs who have come and gone and made a difference. Elon Musk who's out there now. Richard Branson really pushing the line when it comes to making a difference to mankind. And of course, there's, there's a, stack, a stack of others out there really trying to make a difference. So think about your needs and your wants and think about those, those circles and as they expand out. Step three 
is to confront your current state of reality. And for some, like myself, this is not necessarily a very comfortable thing to do. But what this involves is figuring out your income, figuring out your expenditure, and calculating your overall net worth. So you're going to look at how much are you earning, how much are you spending, what are your assets, what do you own, what are your liabilities, what do you owe. And let's just take a moment to think about what precisely is net worth. And it's simply defined as the amount by which your assets exceed your liabilities. Now, assets are the things and sums that you personally own, and liabilities are the sums and things that you owe. So if you own more than you owe, then your net worth is positive, and that's the direction you need to go in to reach financial freedom, hence my desire to clear my debt, which is currently giving me a negative net worth. Yikes. Uh, So now, once we have that awareness and we've confronted that current state of reality, then it's about drawing a line of where you're at, and making a plan to close the gap. Number four, step four is to make a plan to close the gap. Now, you need to treat closing the gap like a true duty. This is your duty. This is your mission. The wealthy don't lower their targets when things get tough. Rather, they raise their expectations for themselves because they see the difference that they can make for themselves, their families, their company, their community, and beyond. And it starts with paying yourself first. Start by paying yourself First, I learned this principle today in the first chapter of The Richest Man in Babylon, an iconic book by George S. Klassen on the subject of financial transformation. It really is a truly inspirational book. I'm only halfway through it, but this principle is really, really important. And as I said before, the most complex problems are often solved by the most simple of solutions. So start by paying yourself first. What does this mean? When it comes to budgeting, saving money, and building wealth, Successful people realize if left to a conscious decision at the end of each month, it will probably never happen. You know, this is where the phrase more month than money at the end of the month comes from. You know, you reach the end of the month, you spent all the cash, there's nothing left over. So rather than simply spending everything that you earn, make the deliberate decision to put at least the first 10% of your earnings into a separate account for the accumulation of wealth. All rich people do this. All wealthy people do this. They take at least the first 10% and they put it into a separate account for the accumulation of wealth. Those who don't accumulate wealth spend everything. Now, the great thing is we also have many tools now that can automate this process, such as an automatic transfer into a savings or an investment plan. So make use of these simple systems to automate your positive financial habits so that you can make steady progress towards your goals every time and eliminate the habit of spending everything that you earn. Now, <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. Provided that you're earning more than you're spending, then there is no reason why you cannot do this. And I'll come on to how to reduce your spending shortly because you might be surprised at your capacity to do this. But first, let's look at how you can increase your earning potential because I know what some of you are thinking. I don't earn enough to do this. I need more cash now. And believe me, I know this feeling very well, very intimately, in fact. So let's talk about the focus of earning more. So to increase your wealth, you must increase your income and your assets and reduce your expenditure and your liabilities. To do this, you need to get clear on your plan for doing so. Now, I've mentioned Napoleon Hill already, and he created a six-step process within his seminal book, Think and Grow Rich. I'm going to share the six steps with you now because it's really, really powerful in terms of creating a plan for earning more. Step one is to figure out the exact, remember talking about precise numbers here, the exact amount of money you desire. Just saying that you want to be rich or debt-free is not enough. Round numbers like making $100,000 a year or being worth $1 million 
um, don't activate the brain to becoming a heat-seeking missile. You need to calculate the exact amount that you need to achieve your goal. The mind can only focus on specific goals. So make it precise. Make it precise. This is not about being woolly. Decide. Next step two is then to decide what you're willing to do in return for the money that you desire. Money isn't just going to fall from the sky because you've started thinking about earning money. You know, that some people who talk about the law of attraction might make it seem that way. But you've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the work. You know, Jim Carrey, if you look at the story of him and how he wrote down that number on the check, you know, and how he constantly visualized that coming into his life, he constantly visualized, constantly visualized, constantly visualized. But he says, I didn't just go and eat a sandwich. <laughs> he didn't just go and eat a sandwich. You have to put in the work and probably a lot of it, a lot of it in an area where people are willing to pay for your products and services if you're a business owner. You know, so how can you increase your value? What are you going to do in return for the money? Number three is establish a definite date as to when the money will be attained. Again, be specific and be realistic. You might want to earn a million dollars this year, but will it be hard to develop faith in your plan if you don't have any of the money, back, money in the bank right now? Will it be hard to develop faith in your plan if you do not have the money right now? So think about you know, shooting for the moon, but staying pragmatic with your current timeline and where you are right now. Next step is to create a plan on how you'll accumulate the money. And again, don't hold back. Get started. Action. Take action on an imperfect plan is better than no action on the perfect plan. Just get in the game and get going. You know, someone asked me today what my plan is. Well, you know, the plan's in development, but I'm already on, on the case. You know, I'm taking steps. I've launched the 30-day financial thrive. You'll find out about that at the end of this episode. In the game, the plan is developing as I fly. So the next step is to write out a clear statement once you've made your plan of the money that you desire, your plan to accumulate it, and the date that you will be in possession of the money. And describe these in thorough detail in a short couple of paragraphs. And then read these written statements aloud twice daily, once in the morning, once in the evening before bed. These simple steps. All these steps, are, by the way, I'll put in the show notes for you so you can recap them. These are really, really powerful steps. And by the way, if you haven't read Think and Grow Rich, it's on my list again for next week. I've read it about five times in parts at least. Um, so uh, do check out the book. Now, this whole process I've just shared with you is about focus and it's about doing one thing extremely well instead of doing a hundred things at a mediocre level. So make sure that your one thing not only brings you wealth, but it also involves making you more happy and more fulfilled because if it does, then you're more likely to go in and make it happen. You know, if you're doing something that frustrates you or annoys you, is that really going to create the path to wealth for you? You have to be fulfilled by what you're doing. So make sure when you choose that one thing, it's the right thing for you. And by the way, if you haven't decided what that one thing is yet, the only way to find out if it is the right thing for you is to get in the game and do it. Or find a mentor that's already been there so they can talk you through the path. They can walk you through what it's like to walk down those paths. You know, so you can either walk into the woods and see what it looks like yourself, or you can just talk to someone who's come out of the woods and find out what the journey was like. But it's about focus. The next step really to earning more is to increase your value to the market by investing in yourself. Wealthy people often spend more time focusing on bettering themselves, which then leads to a higher income over the remainder of their lifetime. They view investing in their own development in the same way as a business invests in its own growth by investing the time and resources up front to maximize the return on investment in the future. The wealthy believe in continuing their education and constantly developing themselves. And rather than falling under the spell of watching hours of TV and Netflix every day, the wealthy seek knowledge and enlightenment wherever they can find it. They are intellectually curious and always seek new forms of knowledge. 
The goal is to develop your skills and your unique ability because the marketplace values exceptional skills at a higher level. Higher income in a competitive world comes from having skills that are both high in demand and short in supply. So focus on developing your unique ability and mastering your craft. Become a true master. Now, let's confront an important truth. It shocks me how many people get a job and believe that their income is fixed until they get a pay rise or a bonus. And I actually worked this way for many years without knowing any different. I had to get out of the warp, of what I call it, the warp of doing things over and over without really, really taking a step out to realize what's going on, to get my head out of the sand and notice that I had many other options than just my salary alone. You know, that's not the be all and end all of earning cash. You know, so if you're in a job right now and you're thinking my income is capped by my employer, there, let's think about that again. There's other ways to earn money. But ultimately, what you want to look at doing is escaping the time for money trap. The dreaded income ceiling is the typical way of thinking where a person trades in their valuable time for an income. And this happens both in employment and in self-employment. You never are a true business owner until you've escaped that time for money trap. So by following the majority of society and using this method to make a living, you're trapping yourself at the bottom of the financial totem pole. It's called the 40-40-40 plan. Work for 40 hours a week for 40 years of your life to simply retire on 40% of your income. Wealthy people do not allow themselves to fall into this lifestyle trap and they do everything they can to break out of the cycle of trading 40 hours or more for no more than a simple wage. That's what it is. Even if you're self-employed, if you're working 40 hours plus per week and you're trading your time for money, it's the equivalent of earning a wage. Anyway, so instead, what can you do? Instead of having a single income stream, the wealthy create multiple flows of income. They focus on growing their wealth by adding a number of income and revenue streams. So rather than simply working harder, multiple streams of income are created by working smarter and pursuing new opportunities, actively creating innovative ways to earn money and revenue within your business, seeking ways to meet the consumer wants and needs, and ultimately leveraging your time. And this is about using the money that you're accumulating in your business or your employment to make more money. It's about making your money work for you and to make that money go further by earning more money using the money. That makes sense. It's just creating an asset. So, and this for me, by the way, is a real focus. In my business, the goal is to build and solidify as many automated income streams as possible and create further opportunities to maximize the high level profits through the high value products and services that I can create. And then then beyond that, it's looking at what investment opportunities will be available to me. I have a real passion and a real desire to go and invest in other businesses. You know, I have a desire once I've created a certain level of wealth and eliminated this whole debt situation to start looking at how can I invest you know, study people like Warren Buffett and understand what it takes to become truly wealthy through investment. So now we've covered income. Let's look at the other side of the equation, spending. The simple principle here is to spend less than you earn. You might think it's common sense to know that building wealth requires living below your means, but the statistics say that common sense or not, very few people actually do so. Paying yourself first is the first principle for wealth accumulation, as we discussed earlier. You know, get that first 10%, lock it down, put it away. However, I want you to understand how you can also increase your wealth by stripping back your spending. And realize that not spending is actually the equivalent as making money. And let me explain. So, first of all, this doesn't mean that you always have to cut back or become a penny pincher. 
It means that if you make sacrifices in one area, you can then use that money to invest in other areas. You can use it as a tool for investment. So let me illustrate. On a simple level, for example, if you're eating out every single day, do you think prepping your food at home would save you money? This is real cash in the pocket every single month. A client of mine recently realized he was spending over a thousand pounds a month just on eating out every single day while he was on the move. And now there is an argument here for time versus money. And using this particular example, you know, if it takes my client two hours per week or, you know, let's start with two hours a week to prep all his food, that equates to eight hours per month. Could he then earn more than the a thousand pounds he saves in those eight hours by reallocating those eight hours into his business well possibly and that's something to consider you know what's the value of your time however let's look at this example if you're flying from london to new york and a business class ticket costs more than a thousand pounds do you think that you could take a seat in economy class at a price of say 300 pounds because this effectively gives you over 700 pounds of investable cash You know, our expenditure does not make us money unless we're acquiring assets that bring in additional revenue streams or additional streams of income. So money working by itself is money you don't have to earn again. You know, so you're taking that cash and you're using it to invest in other income streams. It means that money goes further. Money gets its own legs and creates more money. And this is how the the wealthy create their wealth by constantly building these assets that bring in new streams of income. And on this point about spending, the rich keep their wealth by not wasting all of their funds on luxury items like clothing and vehicles. I'm talking as true wealthy here, not that middle ground that we talked about earlier that do it all for the flashiness. Instead, the true wealthy invest wisely in appreciating assets, which means assets that have the potential to increase in value or to produce income. And by the way, you know, I'm not saying that wealthy people don't invest in things, the nice toys and the niceties. They do, but they control their spending in a way that enables them to free up cash to invest in more income-producing assets and activities. So it's about shifting the focus from spending to saving and investing. This is the key to developing long-term wealth. But on a simple practical level, cutting back on non-essentials will free up cash to spend on the things that really matter to you. So you know, we can often go out there and spend things by default and, you know, just little purchases here and there. Whereas if we actually stack all that cash up, perhaps it's a holiday or, you know, something that's really important to you. So it's about thinking about what you're spending. I'm going to talk about that in a bit more in the next section when we talk about section five right now, which is to measure everything. Because the final piece of any plan is the ability to measure the progress and to measure your success. This means tracking your income, tracking your expenditure and measuring your net worth. So Darren Hardy, who's the former publisher of the Success Magazine, he talks about the importance of tracking your income and expenditure as a means of creating positive behavioral change and enhancing your habits, your financial habits. And to give a parallel, when I first started tracking my calories on a daily basis as part of my health and fitness regime, I was shocked by what I learned when it came to just how much sugar, for example, that I was eating in some of the supposed health foods I was buying. You know, these things are meant to be healthy, they're full of sugar. You know, so that, that filter, that ability to measure gave me real clarity about what I was putting in my body. And also then when I was measuring the calories out from the exercise I was doing and the, the steps I was taking, etc. you know, I was able to get a real clear picture of the balance of energy. And, you know, in the past, the same has happened when I started tracking my expenses. When I started tracking what I was spending, I noticed that every single cappuccino on the go suddenly adds up. 
You know, I don't need to buy so many coffees on the go. When you track your income and expenditure, you can really get clarity on what your money is doing. Now, when you do this, it really is an important habit to build if you want to create financial change. And I must confess, I'm holding my hand up here. I have been guilty of not doing this. You know, regularly looking at the debt that I'd got myself into became such a burden that I just didn't want to look at the numbers. Yeah, I didn't want to look at my statements. I didn't want to do that. You know, I had such shame around the numbers that, it, you know, it just it became intimidating. It was a burden. However, as I talked about in episode 61 on money shame, you know, if you're hearing this and feeling the same, you need to go and listen to episode 61. I just delve right into it. You know, I dive into all those emotions and bring it to the surface so that you can, uh, you can experience that yourself by listening to that. What I realized, just to give you a couple of the key points, is that awareness and acceptance are the first keys to change. You know, you cannot hide from the numbers. You cannot hide from the numbers. You've got to have the awareness, know where you stand. You know, I calculated the exact amount of debt that I had. And, you know, I accepted the fact that it's happened. You know, I can't change the past, but I can change my future. So now I've accepted where I am and I have a plan for eliminating the debt. I feel a lot better about the situation. And I'm, you know, I'm consciously managing my emotions around that to make sure I'm deliberately moving forward and I'm ready to start tracking the numbers again. You know, it's important. I'm looking at everything. And I know it's an important part of the process. And, you know, hopefully you just listening to this will spur you to also join me in doing so in terms of tracking every every piece of income that you have and every expenditure and really tracking it down to, you know, are you, are you spending your money wisely? Could you free up cash to invest in other assets? Now, when it comes to measuring your net worth, this is the, the next measurement I told, talked about being important. And to be honest, this is the this is the most important long-term measure of success that you want to keep track of. This is something that I've done very rarely in the past. And um, at this point in my life, I'm quite glad that I haven't because there'd be a stark contrast. I've certainly, you know, prior to indulging in any debt, I had a much more significant positive net worth. I'm not sure it's there now. Um, but your net worth is simply your total assets. As we talked about before, the things that you own versus or less, I should say, the liabilities, the things that you owe. And the act of monitoring your net worth regularly, the act of doing that, the actual act of monitoring the net worth is actually more important than number itself. Because tracking your net worth teaches you in a simple and direct term, whether your financial activities and the things that you're engaged in, your business, your employment, your income streams, your investments, your savings, your borrowing and your spending are leading you in the right direction or not. Because that clear net worth number shows you all the movement in the assets and the liabilities. And if it's moving forward, you know, increasing over the course of a year, then this clearly indicates that you're living below your means and accumulating wealth. You know, this this measure of net worth tells you whether your financial choices are actually paying off for you. So on the other side, if your net worth stays the same then it means that you aren't saving and you're going to have to keep working indefinitely to maintain your standard of living. But worse still, if your net worth is consistently dropping, then you're digging your hole based on debt. And this is where I find myself right now, a negative self, uh, not negative self-worth, no, no, no. <laughs> this is a whole different conversation. With a negative net worth, it's not pretty. On that point, you know, money mindset, your net worth does not determine your self-worth. Your net worth does not determine your self-worth. It can feel like it at times, but, you know, the more you invest into your self-worth, the more you'll see an increase in your net worth. The more we value ourselves, the more we, the more positive we feel about ourselves and our outlook, the more we spend time investing in our self-worth, the more we see our net worth increase. 
All right. So as I was saying there, the little Freudian slip actually came to a positive end. Uh, you know, I'm sat here with a negative net worth. My debt exceeds the amount of assets that I own. But this is why I've created the 30-day financial sprint. It's about focusing on eliminating my debts and leveling up the net worth equation. This is about drawing a line. You know, I have a vision of where I'm going to go. I can see the positive net worth I'm going to bring into my life, specifically as we talked about today, precisely. So before we close, as promised, let me tell you about the November 30-day financial sprint. As I've said, this is born out of my own desire to clear my debts and go cash positive. And by the way, you know, it's taken me a big, it's been a big step for me to come out and talk about all this stuff on a freaking podcast. It's hard enough talking to people that you're close to, but to go and just broadcast this to the world is quite a challenge. And I know there's other people out there who have, you know, podcasts and they're doing Facebook lives and they're on Instagram, you know, all these other entrepreneurs who show all the positive sides of their business and all the glamour. You know, I see people driving around in their flash cars. They probably still have debt. They just don't confront it. You know, you can see all the flashy stuff in life or you can tell the truth. You know, I'm working my ass off to build one of those businesses that provides those things for me. You know, those, those glorious things. But I ain't going to do it by painting a picture of a false reality. Here's the truth. If you want to hear the truth, listen to the Unstoppable podcast. This is about being authentic. So as I said, I'm on a mission. I'm going to clear my debts. I'm going to continue growing my business and start accumulating real wealth. Um, you know, I've done a lot of work on my own money mindset to allow myself to feel worthy to accumulate wealth and all this kind of stuff. And again, that's a topic that most people don't really talk about. But if you're sat there listening to this right now or on the move, I don't know where you are right now listening to this, you know, I just want you to know that whatever choices you make about your financial future are possible for you. And I want you to believe that. So what I've done is I've set a 30-day deadline on this um, financial sprint to really get some momentum on the debt. I've actually committed to clearing the debt in 30 days. And this is designed to get me really focused and to implement all of the steps I've shared with you today to go all in on the debt clearing plan. Like I said, the plan is in movement already. It's, it's being finalized as we speak. And I'll be sharing more about that as, we, as the month unfolds. However, rather than going on this whole mission alone, I decided to share this challenge with others. You know, Christmas is coming up and November tends to be a heavy spending month. So I invite you to join me to work on your own financial targets in November. I don't care where you are right now in your finances, whether you want to increase your income, decrease your bills, or if like me, you want to eliminate debt or start a business, or you want to find an additional income stream, whatever it is for you, we're going to work together day in, day out, supporting each other. We're going to hit the target and we're going to make it happen. You do not have to struggle alone. This is about working together. I put this group together to bring together a group of like-minded people who will support each other no matter what, and they're going to go ahead and make their goals happen. This is about setting a target and a sprint. It's called a sprint for a reason. We're going to go fast. You know, I've been talking on the show about slowing down, and slowing down is important, you know, and we're still going to be slowing down as part of the process, but we're just going to accelerate our path to financial freedom. We're going to accelerate our path to financial transformation over this month. We're going to up the pace. We're going to up the pace. You don't have to do this alone. So to take part, simply head over to danjgregory.com forward slash November sprint. danjgregory.com forward slash November sprint and sign up for the free financial sprint and get involved. Come and share your story with us. Let's do this together. And plus, by the way, having listened to this today, I'm sure you know of others who would benefit not only from listening to this episode, but also taking part in the 30-day financial sprint. 
what it looks like. You know, the sprint, we're doing it together in the private Facebook group. So once you're in, you'll just be able to tag people in. But for now, please do share this episode, share the link to the challenge. Let's do this. This is for your prosperity to you. All right. That's it for me today. It's time to get back to business. It's time to get back to the game plan. Let's get this sprint in motion. Until next time, go out there, unleash your greatness, build your empire, make your impact and live your ultimate life. You are unstoppable.